Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Today is Friday, January 12th. I am so excited for today's podcast. It's a weird one. It's a little bit shorter than normal. Um, I had a lot of, I had a guest. My buddy Laura was going to come on. She couldn't make it today. We had a scheduling issue. I also had a big story I had to push back to Monday. There will be a podcast on Monday, which is Martin Luther King Day. Um, in fact, the podcast should be out early on, on Monday, like 12 o'clock at noon uh, Pacific time on Monday because I don't have any school that day. I'm very excited. I Oh, man. I do have a lot of good content for you guys today, though. I have a lot of good stuff to talk about, and I'm very, very excited. I'm from Portland, Oregon, and in Portland, Oregon, there is a ton of... Oh, there's a ton of good coffee. But you know what? You know what makes me weird? I go to Starbucks. (laughs) And I know. Oh, it makes people so angry because there's so much good. I know there's a lot of good coffee everywhere. The problem is I don't know what I'm getting whenever I go to a mom and pop coffee shop. When I go to Starbucks, I know exactly what I'm getting. I know that no matter whether I'm in Las Vegas or L.A. or Canada or Who knows, the UAE and Dubai. I know I'm getting the exact same cup of coffee everywhere I go. Starbucks is something I can depend on and I can rely on. I'll be honest, when I go to, you know, I might be getting 6 out of 10 uh, coffee at Starbucks in Portland. But that mom and pop shop that I don't know if they're any good or not, maybe it's a 10 out of 10. But maybe it's a 2 out of 10. And I'm not, I don't like that. I like the sure bet. I like knowing exactly what I am getting. I like when I know what I'm getting is going to be fantastic. It's going to be suitable. It's going to get the job done and I will enjoy it. So everybody right now is talking about how the San Francisco 49ers need to draft an offensive lineman with their first round pick. Nope. No, 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 (laughs) no. Minka Fitzpatrick, that is who the 49ers should draft with their first round pick. He's a defensive back. He plays for Alabama, or he did play for Alabama. He just declared for the NFL draft, obviously. But we know he can play. And not only do we know that he can play, we know he can play immediately. You can insert Minka Fitzpatrick into the 49ers roster, and he can play week one of next year's NFL season. I will take... The sure bet. I will take something that I know will be successful. Uh, USA Today called the offensive line play an epidemic. And Washington Post said there's an offensive line crisis. That's because even the best recruits, even the best offensive line recruits coming into the NFL are not really ready for the NFL. College is way, way behind the NFL. The game is different. The game is completely different. You have guys entering the NFL draft that haven't been in a three-point stance since high school. The game in college is just very different from the NFL. Different techniques are used. There's different fundamentals. It's not the same game. I really think here's what the 49ers should do this. They do have, they have a short, they need more offensive linemen. So you draft Minka Fitzpatrick and you get an offensive lineman through free agency. Get a guy you know will work because you see a lot of guys just, they're not ready for two, three years. And the 49ers don't have two, three. I mean, they do technically with contracts, but get a guy that can contribute next year. So what they, the 49ers should do again, draft Minka Fitzpatrick. Your, your defensive line is awesome. Get some help behind Solomon Thomas. Get some help uh, with the defensive backs. 
Get the sure bet. Again, sign a veteran offensive lineman. Sign an offensive lineman who's proven himself and you know will work. I like the sure thing. I don't want to take a risk on something. Like, you can't miss. The 49ers can't miss on their first-round draft pick. No. Get something you know will be successful. Minka Fitzpatrick, you know it will be successful. And even if it's not Minka Fitzpatrick, get Calvin Ridley. Get someone. Get a guy who you know you can plug into your roster and he can play next season. But I would choose Minka Fitzpatrick. If I'm the 49ers, if I'm John Lynch, the 49ers general manager, I like Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he's a great pick. That is who the 49ers should pick next season. They should not pick an offensive lineman. It's going to take too long to plug him into your roster. Go get offensive linemen through free agency. Those are guys that can play next year. I want the 49ers to win next season. God, I sound like a 49ers fan. It's funny. But I really, I like the sure bet. I'll get 6 out of 10 Starbucks coffee because I know I'm going to enjoy it. I don't want to go to that random coffee shop and maybe it's good. Maybe it's an 8 out of 10. Maybe it's a 10 out of 10. But what if it's a 2 out of 10? You know what I mean? Get the sure bet. So the 49ers should draft Minka Fitzpatrick with their first round pick. Oh, I have a great show coming up. It really is. Again, it's one of those weird Fridays. It's a shorter episode today. But I, I, it's to the point. I am not wasting your time. We, I have a great episode today. I'm going to talk about, I think the MVP race is stupid. I'm going to get to that later. We'll talk about Blake Bortles and who can beat the New England Patriots. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. I know I keep promising Google Play and uh, what's the other one? Spotify. They're coming. They are coming. In fact, I think this weekend I'm going to finally break ground and get that happening. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes I need to work on. Share this with your friends. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. That is my plan. That is how I plan on growing and building Strong Opinion Sports Whatever your platform you're watching on, there's a link somehow. Share a link. Share the URL. Share the link on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram with your friends. Tell your friends about it face-to-face. Share Strong Opinion Sports with your friends. Tell your friends and help me grow, please. We're growing like crazy, actually. We're almost at 300 subscribers. And last two weeks ago, I was very excited because we got to 100. So it's cool. We're growing very quickly. All right. Uh, Earlier this year, I was on the sideline of the Stanford-Washington State football game. It was up in Pullman, Washington, where I live and go to college. It was raining really hard. I was holding a parabolic mic, which is that that big, like, uh, turtle shell thing that looks like it's a clear turtle shell you're holding on the sideline. They're the guys that get run over all the time, actually. You're ever watching an NFL game. Some guy with a big circle device gets run over. That's what I was doing. Uh, But what's cool about this game is I had... Mark Helfrich in my ear the entire game. I, ha- I got to hear the whole broadcast. And even when he wasn't live on the air, I got to hear the guy's conversations with the other broadcasters on the network. It was very fascinating. I got to kind of, I got to hang out with Mark Helfrich basically for three hours. Not really, not in person, but I got, I got to hear everything he said for three hours. It was awesome. And then I got to meet him in person. I got to shake his hand. Really great guy. I, I really, I love Mark Helfrich. Mark Helfrich, I became a fan of him because of this experience. It was awesome. He really, he knows football. He's a great dude. He's very nice. He was, he's very gracious to me. It was awesome. And the, earlier this week, Mark Helfrich was named the new Bears offensive coordinator. I, I, I think it's a great move. I, I like Mark Helfrich. I'm a fan of him. He understands quarterbacks. This is a great move. It's a really good move. He, he played quarterback at Southern Oregon. Oh, I'm from Portland, Oregon. He then played, he was then the quarterback coach and moved up at Oregon. Now he's coaching with the Chicago Bears. Mark Helfrich understands the position of quarterback. So you have now the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Both were quarterbacks growing up. They are going to tremendously help 
Mitchell Trubisky. The, 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 the Chicago Bears are doing a ton. They are giving Mitchell Trubisky all the support he needs. It's awesome. It's, it's really great. I love it. It's funny where I live in Oregon. I, I'm from Portland. Everybody in Portland freaked out. They were so angry. Oregon Duck fans were like, he's the worst. That's a terrible hire. Mark Helfrich doesn't understand football. He's, he's a horrible coach. Bad play call. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, yikes. Yikes, man. People were <laughs> angry. And they, they want to, they think Mark Helfrich is a bad coach. It's really funny, though. Until Mark Helfrich lost Marcus Mariota, we thought Mark Helfrich was a genius. Did we not? You got to remember, when Mark Helfrich struggled at Oregon, he didn't have a quarterback. Now, that might be his fault for recruiting, but that's not his fault for understanding the game of football. Mark Helfrich, again, maybe he's not a great recruiter, but Mark Helfrich understands the game of football. He does. He, I, I heard the guy for three hours. He knows football really well. I, I was impressed. And I, I know football, I think, pretty well. It was fun. It was enjoyable. <laughs> you know, Bill Belichick couldn't win in the NFL without a quarterback. Bill Belichick got fired by the Browns because he didn't have a quarterback. You need a quarterback to win, especially in Mark Helfrich's offense. And it's fun. It's what's other another thing's interesting about the Oregon Ducks. The minute Mark Helfrich finally found a quarterback, Justin Herbert, the great quarterback right now for the Ducks, they're kind of their future. They fired him. He finally got the right guy and they fired him. It's like, oh. So I think Helfrich is a good coach. I like him a lot. Uh, he, he's really, he's really understands the game of football. That and he's a great guy. He understands quarterbacks. I think him being hired by the Bears is a great move. And before I get attacked, by the way, I know that I, I have argued that college football and the NFL are different. That in college football you can get away with having a bad quarterback, whereas in the NFL you need to have a quarterback. You can get away with having a bad quarterback in college football if you have better athletes. Better athletes beat better quarterbacks in college football. Not the NFL, because the NFL, it's all a level playing field. But let's, um, do we need to dispute Alabama has better athletes than the University of Oregon or Washington State or Toledo, right? I mean, it's not a level playing field. But again, Nick Saban still needed a quarterback to win the national championship. My, my point is, you can't criticize Mark Helfrich. Uh, so Nick Saban can get away with winning without a quarterback. Mark Helfrich could not at Oregon because his athletes were not top-tier freaks of nature like Alabama and Florida and LSU have. He was working with, I mean, they were, sure, speed, that's great, but they're not going to overpower Alabama. You need a great quarterback to win in Mark Helfrich's system. That's how it is. That's, that, that's, it's just funny. They, they never gave, the minute he didn't have a good quarterback— Scrutiny was turned on, and he never had it. He had Vernon Adams, some other guy that was terrible. He finally got Justin Herbert, and the Ducks fired Mark Helfrich. I just, I never liked that. I never talked about it. I didn't have a show back then. I thought it was a bad move. It really, it really, it bothered me. So, I think Mark Helfrich is a great coach for the Chicago Bears. I really do. I really do. He gets quarterbacks. He's a guy from Oregon, like I am. He, he, he understands it. He gets it. He's a very nice man. I shook his hand. He was so gracious. I mean, I was nobody. I was holding a, a mic, basically. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was a very gracious, good person. It, it was just really cool. You can't win with the internet. You can't win with the internet. People are awful. People are so, so mean. You know, I get comments on YouTube all the time. Quit trying to be like ESPN. You suck. I hate you. Give up. Stop making videos. <laughs> and I get funny ones too. I get funny ones making fun of my hair, which I, you know, 
go for it. My hair sucks. Um, but I, I believe in myself, and, and I love what I do. And, and I hate to compare myself to Blake Bortles. I really, I mean, I would much rather be compared to Tom Brady, but let's be honest. Um, everybody hates Blake Bortles. Everybody. And, and I see a parallel with Blake Bortles, and I've gotten horrible internet hate. Blake Bortles is dealing with a lot of horrible internet hate. Everybody hates Blake Bortles. And yeah, yeah, I wish his stats were better. I wish the Jaguars quarterback had better stats. But he has delivered, hasn't he? He won a playoff game. He, he's done good. He, he got his team to the play. He won his division. Got his team to the playoffs. I know you can argue the defense is better, but at the end of the day, you got to win games. It's funny, in the preseason, I, I had... Oh, I came down hard. Go back to, like, I think it was my first show of this podcast ever. I was so hard on Blake Bortles. That guy, in the preseason, his head was all over the place. He had no confidence. You could see it through the television screen. You And you couldn't just see it through the television screen. You could feel it through the television screen. He just did not have any confidence. He didn't believe in himself. His body language was awful. It was in his head. Well, the pressure's been on him. I mean, the pressure's been extremely high. I think we need to ease off of Blake Bortles just a little bit. The Jaguars made the playoffs. He got the Jacksonville Jaguars to the playoffs. Do you think we'd say that a couple years ago? No. No way. I mean, Blake Bortles is not perfect. But Blake Bortles has done his job. Hell, he won a playoff game. You know who hasn't won a playoff game? Derek Carr. Matt Stafford. Kirk Cousins. Andy Dalton. Dak Prescott. Five five quarterbacks everyone assumes are better than Blake Bortles have not won a playoff game. And yet Blake Bortles has. I think Dak Prescott is a really good comparison to Blake Bortles. I really do. I think think that's a good... They're about the same level. Yet it's funny. Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. He's a quarterback of the future for the Dallas Cowboys. And yet we can't embrace Blake Bortles. He's not perfect. He's not. But he's won games. He's done his job. That's how we judge people. Do you win Super Bowls? Do you win games? Because if you don't win games, we, I mean, we criticize Peyton Manning for not, winning, not delivering in big moments, for not winning games when it mattered. Blake Bortles won a playoff game. He beat Russell Wilson at home. He beat Russell Wilson in Seattle. Did he? And maybe, it was in Jack, maybe it was in Jacksonville. I don't remember. But he made the playoffs. And Russell Wilson did not make the playoffs. So there's an interesting storyline. I, I, I think I screwed up the Jacksonville Jaguars thing. Whatever. Move on. The Steelers game this weekend is very interesting. You know, Blake Bortles plays his second playoff game. Blake Bortles is playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. And Blake Bortles has a huge, huge opportunity in front of him. Blake Bortles can control the narrative around his career with this moment. This is why Blake Bortles right now is the biggest story this weekend in the playoffs. Blake Bortles, if he beats the Steelers, solidifies him. You, you, I, I will defend Blake Bortles to no end. If Blake Bortles can pull it off and beat the Steelers, I will arch my back and defend Blake Bortles till the cows go home. You can, you can hate Blake Bortles all you want. He won a playoff game. He beat Russell Wilson. He's done his job. And that's about all you can ask. I, I know I'd love to see his stats be better. I really would. But you're criticizing a guy who got his team to the playoffs. I, I just, and he's played really well at times. He's not perfect. But if Case Keenum's a franchise quarterback uh, and Dak Prescott's a franchise quarterback, 
Why are we leaving Blake Bortles behind? I just think it's I think it's kind of absurd. We need to ease off of Blake Bortles just a little bit. Oh man, let's be honest. Let's be very Let's be very honest here. Sports are the biggest soap opera on TV. Sports is the biggest soap opera on TV. I love it. I embrace it. You know, there are great, there are fantastic stories going on right now in the world of sports. I, I love it. I, I, I'm all in. And, and yet you guys say sports is not about drama. You say, Zach, sports is all about the game. No, it's not. No, it is not. It is for some people, for a few people uh, who, who understand the higher level of football. They have higher knowledge. Uh, you know, like I know football really well. I can read a defense. I can break down cover two. I can break down a football game. You probably can't. Not a lot of people can do that. But some people know baseball really well or they know basketball really well. They understand how the game works. And for you, great. Like I understand the nerdy science of football. But for most people, for most people, sports is about revenge between LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. It's about hating Tom Brady. Or celebrating when the New Orleans Saints can rise from the ashes of Hurricane Katrina. You know, the Cubs didn't win a World Series for like a hundred years. Sports is about stories and it is about drama. Sports is about drama. So I started writing my bit about why Tom Brady should be the NFL MVP. And then I started writing my, my little short bit about why LeBron James should be the NFL MVP, or NBA MVP. And I realized, what am I arguing about? Validation? My guy won? You know, like, what, what is this? Like, oh, I said LeBron James was the MVP, and I got it right. My guy won. I was right. You were wrong. Based on what? There's no definition for most valuable player. There's not. Look it up. Go to NFL.com. Nothing. Go to NBA.com. Nothing. Wikipedia says it's based on the guy who has the best performance, but I can't find that anywhere. I can't find anywhere it actually defines it that way. That's because it's ambiguous on purpose. The leagues don't want to define what makes an MVP. The leagues don't want to define what most valuable player actually means because sports are about drama. You know, all these blog posts, all these discussions, what's your criteria? How do you define valuable? All this stuff, this whole narrative, all these talking points, it helps the league. It's created by the league and it helps the league. Sports helps the media, the media helps sports. You know, like, is it, so for example, is it, is, is MVP, is that, is that the best performance, which means the guy with the best stats? Or is it valuable? Because if it's valuable, LeBron James and Whatever quarterback played best in the NFL that year, those are the MVPs every year. Like LeBron James would the NFL be the NBA MVP for like 10 years in a row. Because valuable is LeBron James. I mean, so what I'm going to do next episode, I'm going to make my own criteria. And you can hate it. You can love it. We'll argue about it. It'll be fun. I'm going to play the game. But I wanted to point out the circus that what are we doing? You can't win a game with no rules, and there are no rules. There is no actual rule book. There's no definition for what makes a most valuable player. 
It's supposed to create arguments. I understand that. And it's good for sports. It really is. To have all... I mean, think of how much content is out there about MVP. For, against, criteria, everything. Everybody talks about MVP all the time. But it's a thing that's created to form a narrative. So I don't care. I don't, like, I don't know. I just... Like, what's better for the, the NFL right now? What is it? Is it Tom Brady? Because, you know, it makes his legacy look even better if Tom Brady wins another... NFL MVP. And then it's also fun because people hate Brady. So it'll be, oh, I hate Brady. I'm so mad. And we'll get more posts about that. Or maybe, maybe Todd Gurley's better for the NFL, better for the NFL if he wins the MVP. Because then we can debate that and we can, what does this mean? How do we interpret this? How do we interpret this for MVP? Because he's not really the most valuable person on his own team. So, so next episode, I'll join in on the fun. I will pick who I think the NFL MVP is. I'll pick who I think the NBA MVP is at this point. I'll I'll make my own criteria, what I think MVP actually stands for. But I just wanted to point out, most valuable player is kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb. Without a definition, most valuable player is kind of meaningless. Because we don't have any standard. We don't have any way of knowing it's not black and white. It's, it's all about arguing. And it's there to argue. And I wanted to point out the circus. Because you can't find the definition of most valuable player anywhere. And I, I, just, I just think that's weird. I wish there was a... I, you know, I don't. It's better that there's not a, a clear definition. Because again, there's way more... For me, at least, there's way more things I can talk about if we don't have a defined way of arguing. Because you'd end the argument right there if you said it's about valuable. Bam, it's always LeBron. No question, right? So you can't define it if you're one of the leagues. But I wanted to point out, it's kind of hard to, like, how, how can you be right and I be wrong when there's no clear rules? I want to point that out. The NFL MVP, any MVP is kind of dumb. Oh, there's some great football this weekend. There, there is, there's some fantastic, fantastic football games. I, I am very, very excited. You know, the Vikings and the Saints is going to be Unbelievable. It's a great matchup. Two dome teams, great defenses. Both can run the ball. I think Drew Brees is a better quarterback. I'm going to pick Drew Brees to win, but I think it's kind of a coin flip. I really don't know. Because the Vikings are just, oh, their defense is outstanding. And they have a quarterback. So that's going to be interesting. Now, the most interesting game this weekend, for me at least, is the Steelers and the Jaguars. Again, it goes back to Blake Bortles. Can Blake Bortles win a playoff game over the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because, again, if Blake Bortles can win a playoff game over the Pittsburgh Steelers, I will staunchly defend him till the day I die. Because then he did he, he beat the Steelers. He would have beaten the Bills, which is not a huge one, but it's a playoff win. He'd have two playoff wins. Two more playoff wins than Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, some other guys I can't remember right now. More than most. More than Kirk Cousins. Uh, and then, you know, there's another semi-interesting game, the Eagles and the Falcons. It's only interesting because, you know, the Eagles quarterback is terrible. You know, their, their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, is out for the season. So can Nick Foles elevate the play, elevate his own play and really compete with the Falcons? I think the Falcons are going to walk away with a big win. Um, but it's interesting, you know, maybe, maybe the Eagles can surprise us and be competitive. Now, the Patriots-Titans game is awful. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, like, I like Marcus Mariotti. He's a great dude. Um, he, he was in my home state for a long time. He's awesome. He's, he's, a really, he's the most uh, well-meaning, maybe? There's a better word for that. He's, he's the most well-spoken guy. He's so gracious and nice. Um, but 
the Titans are not going to even come close to beating the Patriots. That's going to be a blowout. I mean, the Vegas split is like ridiculous. It's like 11 points. It's unbelievable. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, that that's a terror. I'm not going to, I'll watch it because I want to see Tom Brady, but Patriots, Titans is awful. Now, there are three teams right now in the playoffs that I think could beat the New England Patriots. And there are four that could not. So also, the four that could not are this. Because I have a theory. I have a theory on Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots on what allows you to beat them. What about these three teams I chose um, makes them capable of beating the New England Patriots? So first, the, the three teams that could not beat... One second. The three teams that could not beat the New England Patriots are the Eagles, the Vikings, sorry, the four teams, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Jaguars, and the Titans. They, they could not beat the New England Patriots. Do you know why? Experience. Experience at the quarterback position. Bill Belichick has been around for years and years and years. He's a wise old man. You're not going to fool. You're not going to pull one over on Bill Belichick. That's why the Saints, the Steelers, and the Falcons all have a chance. They are the only teams that even have a possibility of beating the New England Patriots. Because Bill Belichick is going to take care of Case Keenum and Blake Bortles and Nick Foles or Marcus Mariota. You're not going to have the old wise sage Bill Belichick get challenged by one of those young quarterbacks. It's not going to happen. It's really not. So it's Bill Belichick's experience versus youth and versus experience. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, they could challenge Bill Belichick. Matt Ryan's already done it once. I mean, he had a, he was up 28-3. He can put up points on the Patriots. He will compete well with the Patriots. Now, um, they did get blown out earlier in the year by the Patriots, but you... <laughs> Oh, you better believe <laughs> if the Falcons play the Patriots in the Super Bowl again. You know, actually, maybe. You know, who knows? I think they finally got through it. It could mess with their head again, though, to be honest. Now, the Steelers, again, Big Ben, Bill Belichick. It's a great matchup. I, I still pick Big Ben to win uh, because you know, so I pick Bill Belichick to beat the Steelers because Bill Belichick seems to have the Steelers number. They, they always seem to win against the Steelers in big moments. The team that has the best chance to beat the New England Patriots once again is Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Experience versus experience. Bill Belichick would take care of those young younger quarterbacks. Drew Brees can challenge Bill Belichick's defensive scheme. I, would, I, can't, I hope that's the Super Bowl. I can't wait to see that matchup. I think the Saints and the Patriots will be an unbelievable Super Bowl. I, I think that would be awesome. I would love to see. And then, and then I don't even care who wins. Because, you, you know, if Drew Brees gets another Super Bowl, that that's, adds to his Hall of Fame career. And if Tom Brady gets another Super Bowl, adds to his Hall of Fame career. Everybody wins. It's a great storyline. And it'd be a fantastic, I almost said the F word, it'd be a fantastic matchup to watch. Oh, my goodness. So the, the, the Saints, and once again, the Saints are the team that has the best chance to challenge the New England Patriots. If any team is going to beat the Patriots, it is the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Uh, the next episode of Strong Opinion Sports is going to be awesome. I, uh, I'm with Jake from Georgia's backup quarterback. Uh, we're like we're like 99 sure he's going and transferring to University of Washington. 
but I'm holding off. I want to wait till it's certain. Now, we now know he's transferring. We don't know where he's transferring, so I'm going to wait to talk about Jacob Eason until we know where he's going. I think he's a great fit in Washington. I'm going to touch on it briefly right now. You know, he, he would have to take a year off, and then he will be the starter in two years, I think. I think he's going to beat out all the younger quarterbacks. I think that's awesome. I predicted that months ago. You can go back and find the video. I predicted Jacob Eason going to UW. I think that's what's going to happen. I also have been working on a Tom Brady story. It's taken, I keep pushing it farther and farther back because I get deeper and deeper into the stats. But I've been, everybody makes the claim that his stats are worse at the end of a season. And my question is, well, yeah, I mean, they're always worse at the end of a season. It's snowing and it's 12 degrees in New England. You would think they're going to go down in cold weather. And so I've been looking back at, you know, do his stats, is it because of cold weather? Because do they go back every year? Or has it just been recently in the last four games of the year that Tom Brady's stats decline? That's going to be a fun topic. I'm going to do I have a little bit more research. I'm going to look into weather patterns. Uh, we'll talk about that on Monday. That's going to be very fun. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best and most interesting clips. Share this podcast with your friends. You're watching this somehow, whether you're on YouTube, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. There's a way to share a link. Share the link on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Tell your friends about it face-to-face. Share Strong Opinion Sports with your friends. That is my game plan. That is how I plan on growing this show. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much. I, I just, I love doing this podcast. It's my passion project. It's my favorite thing undoubtedly in the entire world. I love doing strong opinion sports. Um, and I'm just, I'm really grateful that you guys have supported me so much. Um, and it's really, it's fun. It's cool. I love doing it. Uh, this episode probably won't go up till like after midnight. Cause I have to go somewhere in about literally five minutes, but uh, man, I, uh, I just, I love doing this and we've grown on YouTube so much. I mean, we went from a hundred subscribers two weeks ago to we're almost at, we're about to break 300, which is just like, that's really cool. I think there's a lot of growth left to go, and I think we're just on an upward trend, and I just am so grateful that you guys listen and watch, and I'm going to put it on Spotify soon, hopefully this weekend. I'm working on getting it onto Google Play. That's a harder process, and I just want to I want to say thank you so very much. I love doing this show, and this show doesn't work without you guys, so thank you so very much for supporting me. My name is Zach Schaumler. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the football games on Saturday and Sunday, which is tomorrow and day after that. I hope you guys have a great night. My name is Zach Schaumler. Take care, guys. Bye. Bam.